Success is not a straight line. Podcast. Today's guest is Brandon Galizi. He is the founder of Galizi Financial, and here is his mission. I work with Henry's, high earners, not rich yet, uh, and entrepreneurs, and I help them get answers to their financial questions and then help them uh, to take action. Let's start the conversation with Brandon. When you started as a child, do you already know that this is what you want? You want to help people with their finances? No, so definitely not. Um, even So even a little bit of that story. So I started college as a sports broadcasting major, and I had dreams and hopes of being a play-by-play commentator for sporting events. And I was still very passionate about that. But what I was realizing, there aren't very many of those jobs. They don't come up very frequently. And oftentimes, once someone lands, say, a, a professional baseball team or a professional hockey team, they stay in that role for years and years and years. And that that job might only come up once in a lifetime or twice in a lifetime. So there's just a very limited number of those jobs. Uh, and also in the industry, I did didn't particularly want to be uh, on on news, uh, do any kind of anchoring like that. So I thought, okay, well, this is a situation where I I might not be doing what I love and I'm passionate about and not making much money either. So those two combined, were were not going to be a great, uh, great situation, I don't think for many people. Uh, So I I wanted to shift to business. And originally, I was interested in marketing. uh, But then I shifted to uh, finance because I was I've got involved with the investment club and really connected well with the professor and just absolutely loved all things finance. So officially switched my major uh, between my sophomore and junior year to finance uh, and then just learned so much. I was able to do taxes my senior year. And I think it was probably at that point, once I was getting into finance, then I did personal taxes and actually sat across the desk from someone and was able to build a a relationship, do some planning things and interact uh, with them while I did their taxes that I thought, oh, the idea of helping people with their money and and being a financial planner uh, was something that I could see myself doing. And then I got hired on by a large financial services firm um, right after school. So that's kind of my um, uh, my story getting into the industry. So growing up, is there anything that you carried over in this financial advising business? Like, is it more about building a community, helping people, or is it more of building relationships that you carried with you? Yeah, so definitely, it definitely starts with building relationships. But as as far as as growing up, I mean, I, I guess one of the stories that I could think of when whenever we would go on um, some business trips with uh, with my dad. So the company is of course paying for for his meals, and the family is just is just tagging along. But even then, I was pretty uh, I call it fiscally responsible, I guess, even though it was not my money, it was it was my parents' money. But I I would always say, hey dad, let's uh, let's let's get the two for twenty deal, you know. So then we'll we'll both eat and. And it's technically just your meal, but I'll be able to eat um, uh, eat as well. So it's kind of like a, a buy one, get one free meal since the company's paying for yours. So yeah, I think even from a younger age, I was always um, pretty conscious of uh, of money and of spending, even if it wasn't my own money. So are you interested more in the money part or more of the analytics part or data part of actually looking at the numbers because that's what you do right now. Yeah, I would say, I mean, while I absolutely love the numbers, it really is the story that the numbers are telling. So uh, even in the first meeting with clients, one of my favorite questions to ask them is, why is money important to you? Because what I find is someone might come to me and they might have a specific problem. They might uh, need uh, need investments. They might need uh, help with uh, some tax planning or they might need some insurance, kind of this presenting problem. But then really where I feel I'm able to add a lot of the, a lot of value is 
this understanding their why, what's most important to them. Another one I like to ask, what was money like growing up? Because oftentimes we have these past experiences that totally shape our perspectives with money. So I'm really looking at money as more of the tool to use to help someone live a more fulfilled life. So it's not get more money, automatically live a fulfilled life. In fact, oftentimes I'll, I'll help people, hey, how do you live a more fulfilled life today while also being responsible and prudent and saving for your future? So kind of really blending that. Um, and again, yes, some analytics will come into that, but only after I know the why behind what the person um, is, actually is fulfilled by. So I found you in Kingdom Interpreter podcast. So where did God came in in this career search? Because I see that family-based and then it's about relationship communities. And that's actually what shaped you and directed you into falling in love with financial advice. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, I, I, I grew up in church, um, but it was at the time, truthfully, it was more my parents thing versus versus my thing. But I think really where where the shift where it became, I'll call it, I, I took ownership of, of my relationship with Jesus um, was after I had graduated college. Um, I actually met um, my my now wife, but of course, then uh, then girlfriend, uh, and she started getting me back into we did some devotional plans together um, at the time. And then through that, I happened to be listening to a podcast podcast that had uh, Phil and Shay Bynes, of course, from Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. And Shay was talking about her book, uh, Grace Over Grind, which actually her fifth anniversary just came out, at least at the time of recording this, would highly recommend that uh, to anyone. Incredible book, changed my life. But I read the first edition uh, a little over five years ago, and it was right when I was getting out into the field and launching my financial advising business uh, back in West Virginia. So it was just perfect timing. And I really got to experience experience, how to partner with God uh, in my business from an, from an early place, at least career-wise, where instead of getting into some of the uh, some of the negative habits that I could have absolutely and probably would have gotten myself into, uh, it was, you know, God obviously divinely orchestrated. Even that particular podcast was usually a, a men's only podcast, but they happened to have a couple on that time. So I wouldn't have even heard Shay if they didn't make some sort of exception to have her on that particular podcast. So even, even all of that just being divinely orchestrated, connected to Grace Over Grind, totally shaped um, my relationship with Jesus got connected to Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, and then um, my my wife and I got really really plugged into a to a church community in West Virginia where we still have some of our our absolutely um, best friends in the world. So so would you say looking back right now, uh, would you see God orchestrating all this stuff for you even before the podcast? Like, do you feel the hand of God with you even though you are not you don't really have that personal ownership? of that relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, so even though growing up, it wasn't as much as much my thing or, or even through college, looking back, I can totally see his his hand all over it. I mean, even from getting into into sports broadcasting, even though ultimately that's not uh, what I'm doing now. But one of the things that even that really helped me was I was, believe it or not, a super shy kid growing up until probably I would say my junior and senior year of high school because I got into sports broadcasting and I just had this passion for it. Obviously, I believe God gave me that passion and it really helped me open up and I felt more confident 
uh, and communicating. And I think that kind of trickled into um, just confidence in other areas of my life. So even even that alone, something that I'm not doing today has was, and again, at the time it wasn't, I prayed and God showed me sports broadcasting, but looking back at it, I could see it was absolutely um, divinely orchestrated and, and his hand was all over that. So I went through your LinkedIn profile and actually see that like uh, a high value for you is community. Like you mm-hmm. value community, being able to serve there. Um, how did you make a shift from working with a financial company and working for yourself? If that is a high value and you have to work on your own. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Yeah, because I I, I started my career at a larger uh, financial services firm, so there was some some level of built-in community. Of course, there's going to be some different events and conferences and things like that to go to. Um, so then whenever I I went independent, it was it just took a little bit more intentionality. It wasn't, hey, the company says that there's a, a meeting on the third Thursday every month. You know, I had to go find uh, my own community there and and be intentional. So I would say that that's it. It's it's I absolutely still have have community uh, to this day. Of course, in Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, uh, that's been there uh, since the beginning uh, of my career. So that's something that I always look forward to on a monthly basis. And then even specifically inside of the uh, the financial advising industry uh i've i'm i've been getting connected to some incredible uh financial planners uh recently so right now do you work for yourself or do you have other employees in your nope. business nope so i work for myself so i i connect to some different firms to help me with my investment management and my compliance and and gain some resources uh for them but it's galisi financial and i'm fully responsible for for the culture and um and right now it's uh it's just me maybe some employees in the future but but it's not quite there yet yeah so so for everyone who wants to start their own business or jump into a solopreneurship is there any advice that you have especially those who are more extroverted and those who value community a lot and having people around a lot. Yeah, I would say the the community piece is still going to be very important. And again, if you're you're in a in a corporate culture right now, it's it's going to be kind of built in. You might go to an office space, or you might have um, just consistent Zoom meetings uh, with different people um, on a on a recurring basis. So it's just going to take more intentionality. You know, who do you really connect well with, and go out and find those people? Because I still have I have tons of Zoom meetings with other you know fellow financial advisors and planners on on a weekly basis. I'm connected to some different financial planning groups as well. So again, a little bit of intentionality. I don't want to sound like a broken record with uh, with keep using that word, but but that really is, in in my opinion, the most practical advice because it might not always just just come to you, but just be intentional. Uh, and then, of course, um, from the, from the God perspective as well, God, who 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 am I called to serve, or or what communities do you want me to be involved in? Is that a is that a local networking group? Is it a virtual group? You know, um, ask God to send you the, the the right people and and the right resources. Since you mentioned intentionality a lot, is do you think? It's- it is the biggest transformation that God like work on you before you jump into solopreneurship. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I just think it's it, it intentionality is is so important. I mean, even in um in my relationship with Him, right? I mean, if any time that we're building intimacy and building a relationship with with any person, that takes intentionality. You can't just say, "Hey, I, I talked to you one time. I'll talk to you in six months," and expect for that relationship to grow. And I think the same is true, of course, with our relationship with God. Where if we're intentionally meeting uh, with Him on a on a regular basis, we're going to continue to um to grow uh, in that. Versus, um, you know, of course, if we we're not intentional and we we don't commune with him on a 
on a regular uh, regular schedule. So how did you grow into that intentionality? Like, did you are you trained as a child to do that? Or is it being in sports that you are more intentional? Because it doesn't come naturally with other people. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I definitely played sports growing up. Um, I was a, you know, I, I wanted wanted to have success. I, I had pretty good grades um, in school as well. Um, but I, I think really it's it's just I'm always a big fan of what are you trying to accomplish. So in this case, we'll say be more intentional. Then what's the next smallest step that that you can take? So if we're also along the same lines, if I want to be more intentional um, with uh, with business meetings with God, for example, okay, well, can you have, if you're having zero right now, can you have one per week even? Can you have one 10 minute time period where you just sit and, and ask God questions and spend time with him? Maybe that's getting into the word too. Maybe that's the next smallest step. Do I think that's the ultimate place that you probably want to be? No, probably not. But if you're able to take the first step, okay, once per week, maybe that turns into two times a week and three times a week and then and then flourishes from there. So whether that's intentionality or truthfully anything else, really identify what is the next smallest step that you can take. And I think that makes it much less intimidating to then take the action and then ultimately get closer to, to where you want to be. So you mentioned that you came from a sports background. So how do you balance that drive to win and to succeed and also balancing the seasons that God places us in? Yeah. No, that, that's that's a really good question. Um, I think again, if if I hadn't have been connected to to kingdom driven entrepreneur, uh, it would have been it would have been quite challenging because it would have just been that competitive mindset and achieve, 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 have success, and and always be striving um, towards that in my own strength. Um, but obviously, that's not the the kingdom uh, the kingdom entrepreneur way. Uh, of course, we we want to be successful and and we want to achieve things. But I think because of that that community and almost that accountability to recognize there's not this competition inside the kingdom. And, you know, if, if God's called me to serve a, a smaller group in, in a particular season, then, you know, then then that's where, or that's what I'll do. If there's a, a season of, of more growth or more advancement, you know, then then that's what I'll do. So I think it it's just been a, a spiritual maturity. Um, I think that's that's been the key to that, and also saying I have I still have plenty of uh, plenty of room. God still definitely no one works in me. So it's there's there's kind of levels. It's we will never peak, if you will, from a spiritual uh, maturity uh, perspective. But you know, if we're if we're growing each day, growing each month, then and we'll at least be be heading in the right direction. So if you work with, uh, I, I think you work with believers and non-believers alike, right? In nervous. Mm -hmm. okay. Correct. So how do you? How do you balance that on other people? Like for non-believers who really want to succeed, who really want to get their finances in check, like everything to be fruitful, especially now that there's a lot of uncertainties. How do you balance that? Yeah, yeah. So you're right. So I definitely work with both both believers and unbelievers. Um, off, oftentimes I'm I'm able to tell or we'll or we'll we'll talk about church or or talk about God and and obviously that's a pretty easy uh, telltale sign of of what what camp uh, they're in there. Uh, but really, when even when it comes to money, I have this concept called maximize life today, plan for tomorrow. And really, what that means is, and I believe it's a biblical principle. But how do you enjoy your life now while also being uh, wise and and planning for the future because so often and even in the success culture it's grind it out do it all in your own strength save as much money as you can today so that you can enjoy your life tomorrow but even on the secular side 
we know that we're never guaranteed tomorrow. And so often this this stuff that comes through the media is is kind of dejecting. It's like, oh, I can I can only enjoy my life and be fulfilled when I'm retired. I mean, that could be 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. So it's like, well, how do we balance that? Like, what are some things that you can do today to really enjoy your life while also knowing that you're you're preparing for the future? So it really is finding that balance, which is totally unique for uh, for every single person. So I think that conversation kind of kind of starts um, starts that process even for for the conversations with with my non-believer um clients and then the why is money important to you and, and some of those other softer questions to to really dive deeper and figure out you know how can they live more fulfilled and, and also how can they break break free from some of that bondage of the um of the media and save every dollar you can it's like no you don't like yeah savings good but you also have to enjoy your life and spend time with your family and and the things that that you enjoy so what about the other end of the spectrum where you only live once and you don't save and don't do anything. <laughs> How do you handle that? Yeah, so I, I haven't run into uh, to too many of those people, but it, right, maximize life today, plan for tomorrow is also, there's the plan for tomorrow piece too, right? So of course, if someone is coming um, to me, which again, hasn't hasn't happened because I think if someone is of the of the YOLO uh, culture, they probably aren't seeking out a, a financial planner. Um, <laughs> but, if, but if they were, it's just, Hey, make sure that you're spending money on things that bring you joy and bring you value. And then we're also setting aside money for the future. So again, it's not because I think either way is 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 rough. If we're YOLO, that's not very wise. But also if we're save every dollar for the future, never spend a dime today, that's also not. And then so it's really that middle space that we try to find what specifically works for you. And that could look totally different than um, than someone else. What you do is more like coaching them to have a better quality of life now while ensuring that they have a good future. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. Do you have a specific process on how you do it? Like to do a more holistic approach of assessing their life and also advising on what they can do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I certainly use the word um, use the word holistic. So I've told you a little bit about what what happens in the first meeting with a lot of clients. It's it's those softer questions. Why money is important to you? What was money like growing up? Because I feel that once I, I have answers to some of those questions and can can really learn a lot about a person. I mean, people will will share some some really um, unique stories that are also then incredibly helpful for me to know, because now I'm able to make recommendations, not just what based on my biases and what I think, but if you you have told me a specific story, I'm like, oh, Jan, that makes total sense. Hey, this is why I would recommend uh, or this piece of advice, or I'd give this piece of advice to you because you said that uh, you had a bad experience in your past with debt, for example. So, hey, we want to keep debt even lower or eliminate it altogether, whereas someone else, they might have had a different experience where maybe they're comfortable with a um, with, with a different level of debt. So that even that's going to tailor advice um, specifically there. So that's the softer side, the emotional side, if you will, that, that kind of is that that foundation, that building block. Um, and then from there, um, I use a um, I use a tool. Uh, it's also an app. It, it's pretty neat uh, that helps me figure out uh, someone's health vital signs. So very similar to whenever you go to the doctor, you might get some blood work done. They come back to you and they say, Jan, your cholesterol is X. 
I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't really know much about cholesterol and what the range is supposed to be. So I know for me, I like to have more context than that. What is a healthy range? Is, is it that a good number? Should I be doing something to improve that? Do I need to make any types of, of changes? So that's what we're going to look at with 12 different indicators, but of course, specifically with someone's financial health. So are they using their income efficiently? Are they taking on the right amount of risk? And then do they have the, the right mix of assets are, are three really, really high level questions that we're able to, um, able to answer and analyze. And then we, we dive deeper into one of those topics every month. What are the common challenges you see for non-believers and for believers are they completely different when it comes specifically to to money to this process or yeah when you uncover like the why why of their finances why of their money and their background is there any yeah. commonalities yeah i mean i would say some of the commonalities at least from from the folks that um that i've worked with it so much of it really comes down to relationships which is which is interesting because I feel as as believers we're definitely called to community and we know how important relationships are even on the secular side even if it's not talked about as much it still is incredibly important so anytime we're talking about why money is important to someone I would say ten times out of ten I, I don't think it's actually ever happened that someone hasn't said something like family or relationships their kids some sort of relationship is is involved in that answer uh, once we dive deeper um, so I would say that's that's one of the top commonalities. Um, and at least with the people that I work with, which which I feel I'm going to attract the, uh, people that that have a passion for for serving others in some way, uh, even uh, whether they're a believer or or a non-believer. So usually there's some sort of service um, um, orientation uh, to it as well. So for a believer, it's serving in their church or or tithing inside their community. But for a non-believer, it could be for for different nonprofits or um, just helping helping someone who's in need. So kind of that that charitable um, side, whether that's time or money. Uh, ends up being a recurring theme again at least for the people that that i personally work with so is there a way to measure that in your metrics from so from a quantitative perspective yeah not really um i mean so that's that's again that's the human element of the financial planning uh versus the numbers because you could just put numbers into spreadsheets and calculators and simulators and run projections all day long it's because because it's simple math and and then in my opinion it's still incredibly important but that's table stakes at, at this point for um in, in the financial planning industry what what i think truly separates um you know just someone who's running some projections and and doing some math it's going to be the soft skill side because you have to take the information in i think really the key is asking good questions you're asking questions you understand the person you have a a, a confidence in the numbers side, but then you pair that with the emotional side and you, you put those two together and then you build a, um, you know, a, a financial plan and um, a game plan for someone based on that. But it's, it's not really a way to say, oh, this person answered why money is important to you this way. Okay. That, that then makes uh, the, the numbers work this way. So that that's the qualitative side, which is the kind of the art if you will, and then the math and numbers is the is the science of planning. Right now, do you experience any stretching from God that like God is pulling you somewhere or is God expanding you or expanding the business? Yeah, I feel right now in, in this season, um, even probably for the last six months, it's really been about um, influence. So just getting my getting my face out there more and and being much more active. It was it was probably over a year ago uh, where a bunch of people were confirming things of, hey, you've got to get 
uh, you've got to get online and share your story more and, and share what you're doing more. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. And I didn't even have the excuse because I don't mind being on camera and in front of a microphone for my sports broadcasting background. I know that's a common excuse. So I'm like, well, I can't even use that one. Uh, so I didn't have a good excuse, truthfully. Uh, but then finally, I started um, probably six, six months ago or so. So so getting out there. So I feel that was that was the first stretch. Um, and then now uh, I think that the stretch is I feel like I'm in like right in this place of of expansion where I'm I'm starting to get some traction with with some of that marketing and 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 getting myself out there a little bit more. So it's really just making sure I still stay uh, rooted in him, knowing that he's the ultimate source. And it's not oh I happen to have however many new prospects download the lead magnet recently. It's you know that's not about that's not about me and and it's about him. So I think you know even in success really ensuring I'm just trying to to dive even deeper so that I don't get caught up in um you know my pride or my ego and saying oh look at me look at how great I'm doing and look at what I'm accomplishing but instead staying rooted in him hey this is this is where God has me and this particular season continue to lean into him as the the ultimate source and then uh, have him direct me and guide me to the the resources is there a practical way that you do these things to be able to get back into that mindset that it's not about you it's about god it's business. Yeah. So again, we're get, we're going to go back to the same word to intentionality, <laughs> right? It's it's going to be the intentionality of of the business meetings with God because if if I'm, you know, skipping multiple days in a row and I'm not connecting uh with him, that's when it's going to be more of my uh, potentially my flesh leading versus uh, versus him leading. So again, it it overall which which I think should be encouraging uh because it ends up being the most simple simple and simple doesn't always mean easy, but the most simple thing is just taking the time and I get to I get to control that aspect. I get to control if I if I sit down and and take time with him. So that's 100% um in my control and then um you know just allow him to to guide and direct me from there. Now, how do people know that they need to contact a financial advisor? Like are there certain things happening in their life that they would need a financial advisor that would sound the alarm that I need one? Yeah. Well, usually I, I've I've recently really been leaning into this concept of answering financial questions. So instead of, because no one has ever woken up, in my knowledge, with a comprehensive financial planning problem that, that simply hasn't been what's woken someone up in the middle of the night. But instead, they might have some financial questions. Hey, how, just how am I doing financially? I just don't even, I don't even know. So that that's one really high, high arching question. Um, hey, am I, do I have too much debt or can I afford this house? Can I afford this car? Am I spending too much? Am I not spending enough? Am I saving the the appropriate amount? So really it's these, the potentially be smaller questions. Or of course, if there are large life events, just switched jobs or just had a baby, um, just got married, some of those bigger life events. But really I would say if, if someone has questions about their money that they, they they just don't know where to go and, and they want answers um, uh, based on their personal situation, that would be a, a, a great time to, to talk to a trusted financial advisor. So what will be your advice right now, especially with what's happening in the world? Uh, what will be your advice to the people who are have fears about their finances or struggling about their finances? Yeah, sure. Well, first, big empathetic hug first. Um, and if you have fear of your finances or you're, you're concerned or you have worries, you are absolutely not alone. And you're, it's totally normal uh, for that. 
Um, so my, my first piece of advice, and this is for anyone, whether you feel like you're wealthy and have a lot of money or whether you feel like you, you don't have, have very much money. I think one thing that gives us a lot of clarity is help figuring out where we are today with our money. So a really simple way that again, everyone, um, uh, from this call would be able to, um, to do this is get out a sheet of paper and Excel spreadsheet technology, whatever works for you. The medium isn't as important, just whatever works for you the best. Uh, and then start listing things out on the left side of of that piece of paper or on that Excel spreadsheet, everything that you own, any of your bank accounts, investments, cars, houses, real estate, um, everything that you own, put that on the left side. And then on the right side, write out all of your debts. So everything that you own, your uh, your mortgage, your car payment, maybe you have student loans, uh, credit cards that you're not paying off after um, after or beyond a month. So any other debts on that side. So then now you've got these two numbers. You've got your um, your assets or everything that you own. And then now you have all of your debts or everything that you owe. And then you subtract the two. So assets minus debts. And that's going to equal your net worth. And why this is so helpful is because now we have this full picture of everything that you own and everything that you owe. And then now you can start to figure out where at that point, talk to a trusted financial professional. Okay, here's all the stuff. Now what? And, how, and then if you can identify the, just the next smallest step that you can take, I think that's going to help help um, help you gain a lot more clarity and then ultimately uh, provide direction for you to, to take action. And like I said, anyone can do that uh, right after listening to this. So when do they need to contact a financial advisor? Is it when the number is negative or zero or positive. Yeah. So again, that's that the the net worth is there isn't a specific number that says, hey, if your net worth is a hundred thousand, uh, that's when you should you should contact a financial professional. Um, it really just depends on on each person's unique financial situation. Truthfully, if if you have financial questions, which again I think I think most of us do, I mean I think that that could be um can be a great time to contact a financial advisor. Um, the key is gonna be just having under or you just need to understand how is that particular person compensated because some advisors might work only with people who have $250,000 or $500,000 of investable assets. So if, if you don't have that, then, then talking to that person uh, might not be able to help. But if you're talking to a, a financial coach or someone who charges for their time or charges for a project or or charges for um, uh, or on just a monthly basis on a recurring subscription uh, type of model, then if you have any type of financial question, then, then that could be an opportunity to um, to reach out and, and see if that particular person would be able to help. Yeah, and I also saw on your last post, I think it's about debt, the increase in debt for 30 years old. Can you speak more about that? Yeah, so there was a recent study that that came out that basically talked to or, or talked about millennials and how their debt has increased um, since 2019, so right before the pandemic, and understandably so. Obviously, we've um, the whole world has gone through quite a lot. Um, we're in 2023 at the time of this recording, uh, so over the last three um, or four years. So part of that could be uh, because of because of inflation. You know, of course, if things are getting more expensive, even if you're not necessarily buying more things, the things that you were buying now cost more. So if you haven't gotten significant pay raises, then you know you might be overspending at this point, even if you weren't uh, weren't before. Uh, which I think that makes it tough. Um, and oftentimes it, for people, if if they do have significant debt, that ends up being one of the the major stressors. So you know from there, it's trying to figure out what's the appropriate uh, debt rate for each individual person, and then what's the next step to to reduce that or, um, or or keep things where they are, depending on that situation. So what are your views about debt? Because I think there are an extreme side that you don't have, you don't incur debt at all. 
mm-hmm. any debt is bad and the other side is some debts are good yeah no it's that's a great question and, and definitely a hot topic i feel um uh inside the faith right um where where I go, and this is a, a quote from uh, Alicia Haman. She's one of uh, the mentors on Team uh, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. And ever since I heard this quote from her, I'm like, hey, this is this is my my one my one line answer. So she says uh, the quote that she uh, she has is, uh, "Don't go get a loan, L O A N, so debt, without getting a loan, A L O N E." with him. So basically, if if you're sitting with God and he says, yeah, it, it makes sense to, um, you know, he, you feel that you're led to buy that house and, and take out a mortgage or buy that car and, and take out um, a car loan or take out a business loan for your business because you believe that that is where God is leading you. Well, at that point, that's God's bill, right? He's leading you in that direction. But on the flip side, if we just run out and swipe our credit card all the time and we just go out and buy that new house or buy that new car or buy that new thing or take out that business loan without consulting God on that, well, that might not have been what he wanted for us. And that's now on us. And that's where that that stress is going to come from. So there's not a one size fits all approach here. So each situation, I'm always going to direct you to, to the source, uh, right? But it's it's, I don't believe debt alone is the problem. It's kind of the underlying things. Do we have a greed issue? Is it a pride issue? Is it an impatience issue? You know, those are the things that I think um, we can get into trouble with debt. But again, if we're getting a loan, A-L-O-N-E, with him, he's going to be able to to lead, guide, and direct us from there. So what do you say to people who believe that God is their greatest coach and God is their greatest advisor. So why would they go to a financial advisor? Yeah, well, I mean, if if uh, no, that's a, that's a fair question. Um, I mean, I, I think it is really going to depend on on the situation, and we'll even say not just from the financial advising space, but but any other other professionals, because ultimately, uh, what what I say is, so God's the ultimate source, and then everyone and everything else is a resource. So I think there are often times that God is going to lead you to uh, professionals and lead you to the resource, not because they're the ultimate source, but because they're going to be able to help partner with you in in your business or your life or in your finances or or whatever that case um, might be. But at the same time, I'm also not saying that every single person needs to work with with a financial professional. Okay. So last question: Where can people find you if they need a financial advice? Yeah. So right now, the best place to find me is go to freefinancialassessment.net. Um, is right now, if if someone has questions about about their money, they can take five to ten minutes. They can download that uh, financial health vitals app that that I was suggesting and enter in their information. Again, only takes five or ten minutes, and then I will send them a personalized three to five minute uh, screen recording with their personal numbers, with a couple things that I think that they're doing well, and then maybe a few areas of of room for improvement with one or two um, next action steps for them. Again, that's completely free, no obligation. So if you don't even want to have to have a conversation with with a financial advisor, uh, that would be a good um, that would be a good first step. That's it for this episode of Success is not a straight line podcast with Brandon Galisi. See you at the next one. Success is not a straight line podcast.